Hello and welcome to In at Break, a discussion on all things education. You can call me Mr B. I teach sport and business in a further education college. And I'm Mr T and I'm a primary school teacher. Each week one of us is going to ask the other a question about education. It might be serious, it might be silly, but we'll give you our take on it. We're going to decide who asks the question with a good old-fashioned coin toss. I'll flip it and you call it. Here we go. Tails. Awesome. I win. I win. I win. And today, uh, as I have won, I win naming rights to your first child. (laughs) No way! I didn't win! (laughs) I didn't know that's what we were flipping for. But uh, it's a deal's a deal. Congratulations. Your first child will be known as Nemo. (laughs) Nemo, was... Nemo bacon tea. Nemo bacon tea. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name. Uh, right, my question for you, and uh, it goes both. It goes across both teaching students and being a teacher. But let us talk about feedback. And I don't mean microphone feedback. I mean feedback. Feedback. So, how do you find you deliver feedback to your learners? Do you ever get feedback from your learners? And then, what is feedback like for you when it comes from people above you in the form of like appraisals or anything like this? Nice. I'm also going to give you one extra on top of that. I'm going to talk about feedback from parents because that's a whole other fucking... Fuck, yeah, that's that's fair to be honest, yeah. Um, before we get started, just because she's been listening to all of these episodes and I've completely forgotten until now. Hi, mum. Mum's been listening to a lot of these episodes. Love you uh, lots. Thanks for listening. Sorry, I swear so much. I <laughs> That's what she said that. She's like, you swear all the time. Sorry. Um, right. Yeah. But so, I'm not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> you're not going to swear at all on this at episode. At all. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be on best behavior. Maybe I should just get it out of the way. I think I already have sworn two minutes in. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as far as feedback with a five-year-old and a six-year-old and a seven-year-old, which is the people that I've worked with, it has to be immediate. Whereas I imagine with your, uh, with, you know, teenagers, you can kind of have a bit more of like, it comes to you, you do like some formal marking and give it back to them. With my lot, it has to be there in the moment, done hey, your word isn't spelled correctly, let's get that sorted. Or, hey, this sentence is rubbish, let's make this better. How can we improve it? What words can we add in? Anything like that. So a lot of um, a lot of like verbal feedback that is instant. There is, a much, uh, there is much less emphasis on written feedback at my age. It just doesn't, it just doesn't really exist. We do technically do feedback in, in books. And in my old school, there was a lot of emphasis on written feedback, but realistically, it just wasn't it wasn't effective. It's just not useful. They're too young to really sit and read. And if you say to them, like, OK, we'll go through and see if you can find the adverbs, they're going to go, mate, I've forgotten whatever lesson we were doing yesterday. So there's no way that I can do that now. Um, so at least from student side, uh, the feedback that they give to me and what I say to them is all verbal and very quick and in the moment. They're also very quick to point out any mistakes that I make instantly. So I do wonder oh. if I'm training them up. So like if I'm at the front and I've, you know, I've misspelled something, that's it. I've got a fiver going, uh, Mr. T, excuse me. I don't think you actually spell it like that. And I'm just like, okay, 
But what the, the other side of that is that they will try and correct you on anything. So if you want to check if they're paying attention, write a sentence without a capital letter at the beginning, and you turn around and the entire class is going, Ah, Mr. T, you've forgotten the capital letter, I knew it, you're the worst, oh my God. So, you know, you, you can kind of play it both ways. They really do get... Uh, like super enthusiastic about any time you make a mistake. I do a thing at school quite a lot called um, Mr. Robot, which is a technique that I read about in one of the books when I was learning to become a teacher, which is just where you go to the front and just fully pretend to be a robot and you can only do things that they tell you to do. And it's just so funny to watch them like fall apart and go like, okay, draw the letter A. And then you do the letter A in the complete wrong place, like up in the corner or, you know, just draw it on a piece of paper. And they're like, no, you can't do that. You need to. And then they'll be like very specific with their instructions or whatever. Uh, so as far as like feedback in, as term, in terms of mistakes, <coughs> though, it has to be verbal at this age. I'm assuming at your level, you can have a lot more of back and forth. Like they submit something, you say, this is 90% plagiarized. What are you doing? This, like, <laughs> this clearly can't be used. You've clearly copied and pasted this. This literally has the URL to the website you have copied it from. Why are you advertising something and then send it back to them? Yeah, it's so I try to give I try to give verbal feedback as we go through stuff. I try to give immediate verbal feedback. Yeah. Because often that's a time when you know they'll at least be engaged with you enough to to maybe pay attention to it. Yeah. I tend to spend a hell of a long time giving written feedback because it's one of the requirements for us is that we document sure. all of our feedback in case we get externally checked or whatever. Yeah. So I spend hours doing it, hours and hours and hours. I literally just these last few days, in the last three days, I've marked 600 pages of work. Um, and out of those 600 pages, let's say 10% were good. Uh, and 90% needed quite a substantial amount of work. Um, and part of the problem is that they don't, the students I deal with, the age I deal with, they don't actually look at the feedback. And a lot of the time, the verbal feedback I give them, they don't pay attention to it. Because right. if they did, then that 90% that needed a lot of work would actually be much better. Sure. Um, so you said that in lessons, when you're giving them verbal feedback, they just don't, they just don't really take it on board. They don't How really make weird. any adjustments. Like it kind of so when I was when I was I'm still very new. When I was extremely brand new, like a couple of weeks in, yeah. Uh, one of my like development mentors in the college said to me, She goes, Look, don't take this personally. Okay. Uh teaching, that is, don't take teaching personally because as far as you're concerned teaching is the center of the universe for these kids yeah and actually for these kids they are the center of their universe and teaching is just one very small planet sure <laughs> very far away <laughs> and every once in a while things line up so that, that planet is near the center of the universe right and then just really quickly it passes away again and it's yep. not important anymore <laughs> that's a really cool way of explaining it and she said uh, you will tell them things and if that planet is not very close to the center of the universe at that point in time, they will not hear what you are telling them and it will just not stand out to them. So I try and give verbal feedback. I try and point out that it is important when I'm giving them that verbal feedback. It doesn't always work, but yeah. I keep trying. Um, I give a lot of written feedback 
almost all of the time they yeah. don't even they don't even open it they don't even oh look. see like what a waste of time that yeah. kills me and that is such a <clears throat> such an easy pitfall to fall into with teaching and it's not your fault by the way this is the fault of the school by not saying hey we're aware of the fact that this marking is useless don't do it like i have literally had in my old school i have had members of senior leadership say we know this marking is pointless but it needs to be done well, then it doesn't need to be done. Yeah. If it's pointless, it doesn't need to be done. Because I like, you know, I've been moderated by Ofsted. I've been moderated uh, externally to check that our data is correct. All this stuff. Like, we've been, I've been moderated a bunch of times. Not once have they ever gone into marking. And, you know, you could say, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't see it. Maybe it's because our marking was already in our books. But I would, I would assume that they just don't care about the marking. I think that Ofsted have even come out and said before that we will <coughs> not be looking at marking. So I think that the marking, like, I think, honestly, like, I think we're going in the right direction. I think that's going to go. I don't I think that so. marking is going to be around in the long term because I think that people are going to figure out more and more uh, ways to give it quickly and to give it in a way that's actually effective. And this just isn't effective. It's just not, it just doesn't work. It's such an old school approach of I'm going to write what you need to be doing in your books. Now you need to go back and do it. There are times where you can, if you're specifically using drafts and you're like, send me a draft, I'll give you feedback, then this and back and forth, right? Then fair enough. But especially at primary school age, that is very difficult to do. You can maybe get a couple of changes in there, but not a lot is going to change. And so um, the idea of like drafts is just a very like bizarre concept to someone who's like, well, I've just done my writing. I've done it. I've given you my best. That's what what you got. That's it, isn't it? Like at your age group, they literally are still learning the difference between correct and incorrect, yeah. right and wrong, good and bad. They're still trying to learn these concepts. Like to them, they're concepts. Um, so it's like you spelt that word wrong. Yeah, but it was pretty close. But yeah, pretty close for the spelling is still not correct. Yeah, and yeah. How do you, how do you mediate that with someone who's five or six? How do you tell them? Yeah, it is pretty close, and it was a good effort, but it was still wrong. Like that's mixing two things there. That's like good effort with wrong. Yeah, wrong, yeah. It's wrong at that age is wrong at that age is attributed with like bad. And so, yeah. how do you manage that and not upset like a young kind of forming ego? How do you how do you deliver that feedback in a way that doesn't totally wreck them? So, if if one of your students misspells a word, like take break for instance, like, yeah, you know. B-R-E-A-K or B-R-A-K-E. Like, if they get those confused, how do you give them that feedback? Yeah. I think that um, a lot of it is just uh, celebrating mistakes. And as long as, you, as long as you don't portray that mistake and those negative kind of connotations with like, oh, I, may, I, you know, I, I didn't spell it correctly or whatever. I think as long as you come at that with an, with an approach of, oh, good job, you made the mistake. Well done let's get it fixed and you don't put it in a way that's like patronizing because it doesn't i've seen people try and go down that route and be like oh you did such a good job it was such a good try by the way i've never ever spoken to a child of that in my life in my life i've worked with children from you know all the way from the beginning of nursery all the way through nursery all the way up to year one all the way up to year two i've spoken to everyone all the way up to the end of primary school not once have i ever spoken to a kid in that weird like slowed down baby voice what the fuck is this daisy <laughs> this is not appropriate spelling okay you yeah. got it wrong i've told you five times that's you it. Know, spell it this way 
Get out of my face, Daisy. Go stand in the corner. <laughs> give me your Out- shoes. Yeah, it, give me your shoes. Go stand in the corner outside in the rain and the cold. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think that there's there's just something that's particularly strange about that whole kind of approach of shaming mistakes. And it's so backwards and old school. And again, I think it will go. I think that um, something that I'm quite happy about being kind of younger in the profession and kind of still passionate is that I can sort of see those things that maybe other people who've been in the profession for a long time and just like, yeah, it's just how you teach, it's how you do it. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that, man. Like you don't, you don't need to shame them for mistakes. <coughs> That's not how it works. Isn't they don't learn well that way. As far as go back to the question about the feedback that you were talking about, um, the feedback that I get from management, I don't mind as long as you're not just don't bullshit me. If, if I, if I've, what, what I've seen before, and this has happened, not necessarily in my new school, but in my old school again. And by the way, my old school was really good. I, I feel like I, I rag on my old school a lot, but it really, it was not a bad school. It was a really good school. Lots of good staff there, really strong teachers. It's just, there's just a couple of times where there have been mistakes. Um, and I remember watching a lesson, observing a lesson with somebody else. And the lesson was awful, just tanked completely. And the, the head teacher or whoever it was, I don't think it was the head teacher, someone who was observing, someone in senior leadership was like, oh, you did such a good try. You know what? There was only a couple of mistakes in there. And I was sat there like, oh, oh, I can't trust your feedback now because I've just seen you lie to that person. So now anytime that I had them in, especially at the beginning where I was thinking, like, oh, no, like I need to... Um, you know, I need to, I need to make sure my observations are on point. And every time they come in, they're super proud and they've got all this amazing feedback. Now what I feel like is you're coming into my classroom. This is my, this is my room where I will teach the way that I want to teach because I know for a fact, these observations go nowhere. I know they don't go anywhere unless you walk in and I'm like throwing kids out the window, right? Unless I am just going crazy in this room, you are not doing anything. And, and also I don't trust I don't necessarily trust offhand that someone in senior leadership can just tell me how good or bad my teaching is. And the thing is that there's always that ways to nitpick if you have got your own style. You know, I'm very energetic. I'm all over the place. I'm, you know, I'm practically hyperactive at the front of the classroom because I want their attention all the time. And so I remember a teacher saying to me before, like, oh, yeah, you're going too quickly that they can't keep up. And I was like, but look in their books. They've all got it. I was, I was like, maybe you're just slow, you know, I didn't say that to them, obviously, but you know what I mean? Like, it's so difficult to give feedback on teaching specifically because there's so many different ways that you can approach it. What I would say is that there are some, there are some things that you can just sniff out, right? You can just watch someone and go, you haven't got it. You just haven't got it. And I, I find that a lot more. I've seen that a bunch of times where there are just people who just don't have it and who are teaching because this is probably like where they just roughly ended up and they think that they're okay. They think that they're good. And in reality, they've just picked up all the worst habits. They don't really care about the job. They're just kind of there and just moving through. And those are the people that uh, probably like take that BS feedback on board and go like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad I only had one or two mistakes. No, mate, your entire lesson was a write-off but they can't tell you that because you're going to leave. So, you know, I think, I think that with, um, as far as that like, leadership goes, the, the, the feedback that I've gotten before granted has almost entirely been positive. You tend to have a couple of like points of correction on there, but I would actually take, I would take more. Um, I would be more open to feedback if I sort it out. 
I don't think that forced observations where they come in and watch you teach a lesson is worth doing because one, you, you just fudge it, right? Like for the most part, you're going to create this like super lesson that doesn't represent your, your average lesson. And also, um, I haven't asked for this feedback. Yeah. And although I understand, I guess that is part of any job. I don't know if like other people in normal jobs have that where you do get appraised, but it's not as, it doesn't seem like as a high pressure of a thing to do. You know, if I was a doctor, I don't think someone would come in and watch me kind of with a patient and figure it out. Yeah, it seems strange, doesn't it? I, I, the observation side of things, I've had weird ones. We've had, when we've been teaching during lockdown, um, we'd been using quite a lot of different techniques and tools to try and make our online learning a bit more engaging. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, okay, we know that you guys in your department, you're trying to do stuff. We're going to observe you and see what we can take on board. They missed, they asked us for three days three time slots which we could give them where we'd be happy for them to drop in yeah and they missed all three of my days that i listed like okay cool they obviously don't need it whatever and then they just randomly dropped into one and it was one lesson where you know and i'm not gonna lie i had been planning those three days to do very specific things that i had very good control of in the lesson that would that would make it look good they show up on another day and on that day, I had planned to use, um, I'm, I might have talked about this already. I hope I haven't. If I have, I'm sorry, everyone listening, if I'm repeating myself. But we use Jamboard with Google Classroom. And Jamboard is like a shared whiteboard kind of situation where people can put post-it note style yep. things or draw things or add links, whatever. They can share it amongst the class so they can do a collective kind of project starting. So they start observing and uh you know i'm kind of like okay they're in observing we're going to use jamboard today it's the first time we're going to try it get going and of course they can draw on it so the first thing that they start to draw penises everywhere penises everywhere like just (laughs) just it it had to be in like bright pink didn't it first students try writing on it it just starts drawing a giant cock and balls <laughs> in pink on this whiteboard as I'm being observed. And I'm just there screaming into the mic, no, stop. <laughs> and like trying to like, yeah, trying to close the, what the um, jam board down. But then what feedback did you um, get from that lesson? Uh, the feedback I got in that lesson was don't try and use new teaching instruments don't. when you're being observed. Oh my God. Stop. They did not say that. They were like, yeah, don't, they were like, if you know you're going to be observed, oh my God. <laughs> don't use something new. Only use tried and tested methods. And to which I just responded, I didn't know I was going to be observed. You missed the days you were supposed to be there. Oh my God. So I was just going to try this anyway. Um, but I've had in-classroom feedback. And again, I think we covered this in season one, but like my in-classroom feedback was why don't you try and get the students engaged earlier in the lesson? I'm like, look, there's, there's 24, there's 24 16, 17 and 18 year olds in a room at nine in the morning. Yeah. Good luck engaging with anyone in that age range at that time of the day. Well, yeah, one of the things you could do is when they come in, get them, give them a whiteboard marker and get them to write just one word describing how they feel. <laughs> I remember you talking about this in season say, one. Guys, what are you doing? Like, and then the other one was the other one was maybe you could warm up to the classroom activity by giving them a word search. 
This is I what like, I mean. This is what I mean. Like, a word search? Like, a word search. How many times, I ask you, Mr. T, how many times do you give out word searches in your class? I mean, never. Never. Yeah. One, they're lame. Two, they're lame. Three, <laughs> they're lame and they're teenagers. Teenagers are not stupid. They will tell you if something is lame. Yeah, they're not going to go, oh, nice, word search. <laughs> Sweet, word searching. I love it. Um, and that, so, and that is like such a massive issue for me is like, I'm just going to drop in and say hello. Because if anyone else was teach, if anybody else was working, right? I don't know, I'm some computer programmer or whatever. And my boss just suddenly came over and was looking over my shoulder and be like, so how's it going? We are uh, we working hard here. Let me see what you've been doing today. No, how about just leave me alone? Leave me to it. If you want to like, if you want to look through my stuff, if you want to look through my work, then come and do it. But don't don't be over my shoulder. So this like very intense. I'm in the room watching you and taking notes and everything you're doing is just a very strange way to approach teaching in general. There's just too many. There's too many approaches to teaching. It's so personal the way that I want to go about it. And like I said, you can normally pass the sniff test, right? If you walk into a room, you can normally tell within the first two minutes whether or not someone's a good teacher. You can go, nope, you haven't got it. Or, yep, you've got it. And if I've got it, then just leave me alone. I've got it. And let me yeah. figure stuff out on my own. I'm going to progress. I'm going to get better. If you want to make me better, send me on training. Like, we've got plenty of ways around this. Or, to be honest, I learned, I've learned more from my coworkers than I have ever from training. Any training that I've been on has been okay. And I've picked up maybe one thing from the whole day. But the, the key bits is when I can see my colleagues and say, hey, how did you approach, how would you approach this lesson? They go, oh, I did this really cool thing on castles last year. This is the way that I did it. And I go, ah, right, I'll use that method. Or I go, I'm having real trouble with, you know, a kid in my class whose behavior is all over the place. Oh, okay, well, I use this chart thing where they get a sticker three times a day. And if they get three stickers, I get to play with Lego for five minutes at the end of the day. Ah, well, that works. I can do that because I know he loves Lego. And I know that, I know that throughout the day, he needs to get three different things and it keeps him motivated. If it's just one at the end of the day, then it's a problem. And then I go, oh, but hang on. What if he starts off with a sad face? What if in the morning he gets a sad face for the first one? Now the whole day's a write-off because he knows he can't get those three smiley faces by the end of the day. So you have to like adapt these things as you go. You've mm. got to like, you know, you've got to pick it apart. But I don't need someone telling me that. I don't need someone sitting with me and saying, here's how to um here's how to do this, here's how to approach that, here's your observation to check you're doing it. No. Just mm. let me go. Just let me if if I wanted help, I'll come to you for help. I guess the problem is with that is that the bad people don't want to help and not all of not everybody is as ref self-reflective as us. So I suppose that's the issue. So we had to do our appraisals, our official appraisals. I don't know if you get them uh, at all, but yes, yeah, so like once a year, I have to sit down with my line manager and do my appraisal. I didn't have one last year because I was new. Yeah. Um, so I just had instead of meeting, kind of telling me like how it's going to be. But this year, I had an appraisal, so I've got this huge, great big, like four or five page long form that I've got to fill in and send off beforehand where i've got to talk about how i'm how i'm trying to meet values uh, college values societal values how i'm trying to better myself as a teacher what i'm trying to do in the classroom to reflect this yeah what my plans are and then i have to give my thoughts on how my my time has gone over the last year and one of my big things is that like it's very easy to tell people when they're doing something wrong as a society, we're, we're very much switched on to negative feedback and negative outlook 
and it's much easier to nitpick something than it is to do something positive. Yeah. Um, I just struggle with the fact that sometimes when you're doing something well, no one tells you. So I wrote down in my little box on the appraisal about how I think the year has gone. I wrote down that I, I have a feeling that I'm teaching quite well. I've won a couple of teaching awards and my student feedback has been really, really good. I assume that those are signs that I'm teaching well. However, I assume that management thinks that I'm not very good at uh, teaching and all of this, the work associated with it because I only ever seem to get emails or communications saying this isn't right or this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they need to be fixed. And so I go into my appraisal meeting and they're like, Look, we just want to talk about this last box. Like, you're being quite hard on yourself. I was like, well, if you read between the lines, you'd realize I'm not being hard on me. I'm being hard, being on, hard you. on you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but so they read it as like, I'm being hard on myself. And I'm just like, well. Uh. I'm basically saying so, you're, not doing, you're not managing me well. Yeah. And so... They're like, well, no, like if you think about the emails we send out, we send them out to like 30 or 40 people. We just have to include you in it. Uh, we know that your work's up to date or we know that this is right or this this is acceptable or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's not great because. <laughs> Don't worry, now, it's, not just, it's not just your, uh, it's not just your personality that we're attacking. It's everybody's everybody. teaching ability. Don't worry. It's like, okay, right. so, so it's not great. So like you send out an email to 40 people. And 39 of those people are doing a good job and have done everything that you want them to on that thing. But one person hasn't. And instead of emailing that one person and saying, look, you've not done this, this and this. Instead, you make 40 people feel like shit. Yeah. And like they've not done a good job. It's all good. And so I said this. I was like, you know, it'd be much easier to actually just tell people they've done a good job sometimes. Or maybe just say, don't worry, this doesn't relate to you. And since then, whenever I get an email now, that goes out to a mass bunch of people. I tend to get a separate one that comes alongside just afterwards going, don't worry, that doesn't apply to you. <laughs> and it's that's like, so that's, that's, that's no good either. Like, don't, don't worry, just... this isn't yours. Great. Why so I... I, I don't know. I find that getting feedback from other members of staff, I mean, I have a big ego. Like it's, it's a, an issue sometimes. Like I, I, I'm quite aware of when I'm good at something. I'm I'm equally my biggest critic. So like, no one will be hard. I was going to say, dude, arrogance is not one of your traits at all. I don't know. In some in some respects, it is. But in terms of like knowing when I've done a good job or something, or when I've done a bad job or something, I'm acutely aware of when something is wrong. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Up. And I will beat myself up for it. And at four in the morning, I will be awake thinking, why did you stuff this up? How can you make it better? Sure. So you can, you can never give me feedback that will be harder on me than I am on myself. Yeah. But I have a real problem with accepting feedback from members of staff who I know just are, are fucking vampires, who aren't trying, who don't yep. have kids' best interests at heart. I have one member of staff who's constantly like, look, well, you know, I would give feedback this way. It's like, you shut your mouth. The last time you got a positive review from a student was like a decade ago. They all hate you. Their attendance is terrible to your classes. They don't like doing your classes. Stop giving me feedback because you don't care about the student. You care about 
making yourself look good right now. So like, and that's where I get a bit arrogant because maybe sometimes that feedback could be helpful. I've just got to kind of temper that a bit. But the truth is that I, I will always assess the credibility of the person who is giving the feedback. That's the thing. You have to value their opinion just to matter at all. Rather than just having it thrust upon you. And often I find the people that come and randomly, uh, randomly assess or randomly review classroom progress. I'm like, you don't even know what the subject is. Yeah. Like, first of all, I teach in specialist subject areas. So don't send someone from, don't send someone from IT to come and review a sport lecture. Yeah. Vice versa. I wouldn't know whether you're teaching IT well or media yeah, or engineering. Yeah, yeah. So it's just strange. I find it really weird. I think it's a broken system. Um, I really do. Uh, I chatted very. I'll try and wrap this up because I know we don't want to go too long with that's this. Right, that's right. Um, I chatted with a, a Swedish university lecturer two days ago, and he was talking to me about apparently there's a really good Dutch TV show called Klassen, which is all about um, educational poverty in the Dutch education system and he said it's really good i've looked for english subtitled versions and i can't find them yet uh i'm not going to be able to learn dutch i was gonna so say so you're learning someone, dutch i'm going to need someone who is dutch to watch it and tell me what goes on um, <laughs> but he was basically saying that the dutch system and the uk system are very much the same where like we give summative feedback everything's about end of year yeah both for staff and for students how has your year gone as a student did you pass your final exams how has your year gone as a member of staff? Did you get enough people to pass? Uh, what are your achievement rates? And he was saying that that's totally different to the Swedish system, which is done with like, yes, there is summative assessment at the end of the year. They do have like some assignments or some exams, but it's only worth between 30 and 50% of their overall grade. Yep. And the, the remainder of their grade is done by teachers assessing how they develop throughout the year as human beings, how they work in the classroom, all this kind of stuff. I just thought that's such a good idea. It's so much better than the way we do it here because we're not doing feedback very well for students here. We're putting too much pressure on them. We're making it all about like the final, the final kind of say on things. And then we're not doing feedback for staff very well either. We're, we're kind of just telling staff like you're not doing this well because your achievement rates aren't good. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but okay, no one's achievement rates are good during lockdown. Or did you did you look at whether the students were happy? Is is like student happiness or engagement? Sure. And it's there's other things to value, isn't there? Yeah, we're a busted system, sadly. But yeah, I mean, I could rant about that for hours. So I will I will stop myself there. It's uh, yeah, I will stop myself there. Well, this um, this actually moves on perfectly to the parent feedback, which is my from the classroom. Hmm. So I have had this guy, obviously now we're doing virtual learning, this feedback from parents thing is suddenly a lot more prevalent because they're actually seeing all of the work that is going home. They're involved in the lessons, they're everywhere, right? So you've got a guy who is a, um, he's just all over us about everything and it's not even anything that's worth discussing. It will be stuff like, 
Hi there, dear Mr. T. Uh, just wanted to let you know that I've double-checked through your um, your model writing that you've done, and I think that there should be a comma after which. Um, if you'd like to do a little bit more reading on that, here is a couple of sources that I found that might explain to you when you want to be using a comma in a sentence, blah, blah, blah. And I was oh, just like, oh my God, is this guy serious? He's also done it a bunch of other times. We were doing, we were doing Rapunzel, and we're doing a very new version of Rapunzel that's very, uh, like, there's no prints. It's very much she figures out that she wants to get out the castle and so she gets rid of the witch herself and then builds a ladder and climbs out. And, you know, it's all very, like, empowering and independent and it's great. He was like, oh, this is a very, this is a very uh, girly story. I don't really want my girl to be learning about this. Perhaps she could be learning about people who were making the vaccines and the women involved with that. I thought that would be a much more powerful thing for her to learn about. It's like, mate, what are you fucking talking about? Like, I know what I'm doing. I've got this done. I'm, I'm building this from the ground. I've got it. I'm the teacher. So anyway, this guy has been all over us. And recently he sent us through this email, like urgent read immediately. So I was like, Oh God, what's going on? Read it. There's there's a website that we use called Top Marks, which is like a it's kind of like a website that just has loads of different maths games on it. And uh, he said, just so you know, I logged on to for my daughter to use uh, Top Marks this morning, and there were there were um, I think that he described as uh, as adult I think it's like adult undergarments or something ridiculous like that. It was like adult undergarments and. Uh, and other things that should not be on a children's website. So I was like, I was like, what is going on? So he's like, there are adverts everywhere, all over the place that are involving adult undergarments. And it's something that she certainly shouldn't be seeing. I don't know why we are using a site that allows such ads. So anyway, I log on to the site. So I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? So I turn off ad block, put it on and look. And sure enough, there are some adverts there on the side. And I'm like, okay, but... These adverts are, you know, they're advertising. I think that at the time they were advertising like a poker set or something. And I was like, no, oh, it's targeted. These are targeted ads. These are these are Google ads. So Matey has just emailed me to basically let me know that someone in his house is using the computer <laughs> to go on Ann Summers. <laughs> and I got to email this guy back after weeks of him being all over me to be like, Dear Mr. Blah Blah, just letting you know those are targeted ads. And would only be coming up uh, if you had been searching up something along those lines, or it thinks that that would be uh, useful for you to look at. Uh, you may want to discuss this with someone in your household, as it's very unlikely to be coming from the Top Marks website. Please let me know if there's anything else I can help you with, Mr. T. Normally, he emails back within 10 minutes. I haven't heard a thing since. <laughs> I haven't heard anything, because he's been rumbled, right? Because either, either he's been looking at that stuff, and then he's now let me know that he's been looking at that stuff. Or his wife's been looking at that stuff. And he's had to go up to his wife and be like, have you been looking at that stuff? And now she's got to go either yes, why are you bringing it up? This is very strange. Or no, and in which case, who has been looking at this stuff? Yeah, so that, that's my that's my from the classroom. It was oh, that's so, amazing. So <coughs> as, as just a quick way to end this, just because we did this as well this week. And it's just, it made me laugh so much. We were doing an animal quiz this week where the girls had to, do, had to come up with their own clues for an animal. And then they, uh, we had to guess what the animal was. So I just want you to see if you can guess what this animal is. I'm going to give you three guesses. It's green. It's sticky. It has four legs. What animal do you think this is? Green, it's sticky, it has four legs. That's right. 
This is a real animal, just so I know. In a way. <laughs> it's not like a, a cat that's fallen into, like, sticky green goo or something like that. <laughs> no. no, but you're not far off, amazingly. Um, Green, oh four legs, it's sticky. I mean, like, sensible things would be, like, a green lizard of some kind. Yeah, could... no, not a green lizard. No. Not a frog. Not a cat that's fallen into sticky Not a cat that's fallen So, after us going back and forth for about five minutes, I go, "What? so what actually is it? It was a sticky lizard, was the answer. <laughs> it's green, it's got four legs and it's sticky. She got you there. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there was another one as well that someone else said, which was, it has the shell of a snail, it has eight legs, and it has a poisonous tail. And I was like, it's got the shell of a snail? Scorpion? Right, it was a scorpion. And I said, does it have the shell of a snail? No, does it have no, a no. no. <laughs> I, was like, I don't think it does. And she was like, yeah, but it is hard. I'm like, yeah. Is that the shell of a snail, though? That's, oh, my God. Anyway, oh, that's my, my, that my, my brother. Used to, my brother used to tell the joke of what's brown and sticky. A stick, right? Yeah, a stick. It's a classic, and he used to think yeah. that was his like funniest joke ever. But <laughs> apparently, he just learned it from a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it never. It just. It's the joke that gives back. It never stops giving. Yeah. But right, this well, sounds listen. really good, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Good, you good to good to chat to you again. See you later. This is the fun part. We'd love to hear from you. Comments and questions are most welcome. Every month, we're going to answer questions from listeners in one special episode. So you can send your questions in to inatbreak at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, then please subscribe. Maybe you could even tell a friend. Or maybe you could even give us a little follow on Twitter. At inatbreak. Or follow us on Instagram. Also, at inatbreak. See you next time. Bye.